Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the 2019 Niles McKinley Red Dragons Football Podcast, powered by Brandon Miller State Farm Insurance, located in Niles, Ohio. Welcome back to the 2019 Niles McKinley Red Dragons football podcast. Today, a special edition, I'm your host, Coach Perry, and we're here with our normal host, uh, Bo Marchant. And, uh, you know, I think Bo's a little uh, maybe taken back by me asking to do this, but I want to explain to you, Bo, this is, this is why I wanted to do this for you today. You get a lot of people uh, from different different parts of my life that, that, for whatever reason, listen to the podcast, and they always say, Hey, this guy that does your podcast, he does a nice job, and uh, uh, they kind of start asking me about you. So I know a lot of people in Niles uh, know who you are, but uh, at the same time, I just think that the job you've done and the quality of job you've done has really been impressive, and uh, I wanted people to get a little bit of glimpse of who you are. And I have some questions myself, uh, even though we've been good friends for all these years. Uh, that I want to ask. So we're turning the tables on you today, okay. and and I think I've forgotten the intro because I'm not the uh, high-quality guy you are, but uh, this is powered by uh, Brandon Miller, State Farm Insurance, right here in Robbins Avenue in Niles, and uh, really proud of Brandon and the job he's done, you know, getting that getting that agency up and running, and he's been a really good friend to our program, so I want to give him a big shout-out there. But, uh, Bo, uh, let's start off with first things first and say, you came to me with this idea, you know, what was your thought when you said, hey, you know, Coach, you think it would be a good idea to do a podcast? Well, you know, one, I mean, we grew up as friends. We knew each other since middle school and all the way we graduated together, and, we, you know, we've been friends. Our kids are friends. So I thought, you know what, you're a Niles guy. You're coming back to Niles, and people are so passionate about the football program that I just thought, you know what, if we could – maybe, you know, share what goes on inside this, this coaching office and, and, and able to kind of, you know, spotlight the players and, and let those um, kids kind of speak. And I, I think the thing that I took away from most from doing these shows is people are so critical of, you know, the kids care, the kids work hard enough. Um, these kids, I mean, when you hear a kid say, hey, you know, I went home after this game and I cried or, you know, this and this and happened, or, you know, we, you know, we go over to Coach's house for meals, and, you know, I mean, I, I just think there's so much dedication and passion that these young men bring to the table, as does your staff, um, that I just thought it was, uh, for me, that's what I've taken out so most, you know, just kind of being able to feel what these kids bring to the community, and again, I mean, 7-3 and three season, um, pretty special. Yeah, well, you know, when it comes to our kids, I mean, I think we've said this a lot, but it, they really, really have enjoyed being on the <laughs> podcast. I know they all listen to it uh, because they always razz me on some of the things I say. <laughs> I'll do that. Uh, you know, whatever. But I, I'll tell you from my end of it, you know, one of the things I heard at a conference one time is uh, you better tell your story or somebody else is going to tell it for you. You know, so from our end of football, you know, you, you don't you don't necessarily always love some of the PR stuff you have to do, but it's been a real valuable resource for us to you know to get our message out to spotlight our kids to to show what kind of kids we have here in Niles and you know what what you know good things we hope that we have here going on in the football program and uh you know the one regret I think both of us have we'd love to have all the kids spotlighted oh, all the time yeah. we try to throw names out we get nervous <laughs> did we leave somebody out is there something yeah, we, we said we and uh 
We only had to bleep one kid out one, uh, we one had time one? this year. Why don't you explain what happened on, on that one there? Now, do you want me to give full disclosure? Yeah, just... at this point in time, I think we're safe. So. Okay. <laughs> well, this is our second year doing the Niles McKinley Football Podcast. So you figure each week we have a player. Sometimes we have two. And then, you know, at the last show we have, a, you know, some seniors come on. So roughly you're going to say above 20 guys. Um, the particular show when Joe Gallo came on, he was the uh, running back, linebacker, safety, if you will, um, number 27. Um, he came on the program, and uh, we, 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 it was a actually good habit. We usually did all the shows in the coach's office, but then we started to do them in the weightlifting room. I, we just, it was a little bit more quieter and secluded. We didn't have as much uh, action coming through the hallways. So it's just me and Joe sitting in there, and then Coach Perry comes afterwards so the guys can leave. So I'm talking with Joe, and we're about three or four minutes into the show, and um, they were getting ready to play Hubbard. Was it Hubbard? Uh, Gerard. 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 They were getting ready to play Gerard, so I thought, I asked him about his thoughts, and he said, hey, you know what? He goes, we watched them on film. They have some good players. He goes, but, he goes, but, he goes, they're a little soft. I immediately, I wanted to hit pause and stop and go, Joe, we're going to have to do this over. But I know... Editing is a possibility. <laughs> so we went through. And then Joe said, hey, I said, it's out there. And Joe kind of laughed. And, you know, Joe has such a – I don't think he realizes what he says. It. He just kind of says it. You know, he's not meaning anything derogatory. Sure, yeah. He's just saying, you know, they look soft. I'm not, you know. And uh, so then I told Coach Barry afterwards. And uh, later that night, you know, I said, listen, I can – and I was going to do it anyway because <laughs> I was like, we don't want any bad things happening with the podcast. We just want to be a source of – positivity, but Coach Perry texted me a little better later that night, and he's like, uh, better edit it out. Well, you know, so the back to that story is uh, the year before, we were getting ready to play Howland, and uh, uh, we had gotten information outside of their locker room that the Howland coach had called us soft. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so you, you people can imagine how this bulletin board material thinks. So, uh, you know, we got as close as we could figure his exact quote was, and when the kids came in on that Monday, we played Howland. We had 60, 60 <laughs> sheets quotes on everybody's locker saying that the, that they had that he had called us soft, and uh, really, really served as great motivation for us going to that game. Well, the last thing I wanted was was 60 over in Gerard's locker room where where Joe Gallo had you know had called them them soft or whatever. So uh, yeah, I asked Bo to take it out, and uh, uh, you know. I told Joe, I said, hey, great job not not saying anything derogatory about the other team. And he he was trying to, like, kind of give me an excuse. I was like, well, you better listen to it. So he was he was thankful, Bo, that you did take that out because he thought afterwards, like, oh, maybe I shouldn't have said that. But yeah. that, that's the only time that's happened, which is pretty incredible. Our kids have really well, been well-spoken and represented yeah. themselves and our team so good on the podcast. But I want to take a step back a little further, Bo, because this is where I, I, don't, I guess I don't understand the origins of you here. Now, I remember you when we were growing up. You were a soccer player, and uh, but you had this whole football life going on in your life. And uh, uh, those of you guys that don't know, Bo's worked as a scout in the CFL. He has his own website where he, he tracks a drafts. If you look in on his Facebook or something on uh, Saturday, Sundays, you'll see him. Saturdays at a college game, and on Sundays you're, you're there. Next thing I know, you're next to Mike Tomlin on the field. I mean, you've got a lot going on in football. So I always say to people, how did your football life really begin to grow to the passion where you're at with that now? Well, you know what? I always loved football, but I always was the smallest human being at, at my size. Still am. And uh, so I thought, you know what? It's a little less physical, I guess, than the, you know, instead of not playing on the football field, I at least get out in soccer and run around. 
Uh, but I always had a love for football. I mean, growing up, that was my favorite sport to watch. Uh, you know, when we're in the backyard just screwing around. I think I played it for seventh and eighth grade. But then uh, soccer is always my thing. At that age, I just love soccer. You know, people are going to laugh when I say this. <laughs> I always liked, I never liked running, <laughs> per se, as a runner. But I liked running around. I liked just running and just being with the ball and constantly moving, constantly moving. So that's kind of how the soccer thing turned out. And then, uh, you know, years and years of just studying draft stuff and following the draft and, uh, you know, kind of reading books and watching the games and talking to people who know more, a lot more than me and trying to pick up on things. And then uh, I work with, I, I do a lot of draft stuff, you know, interviews and uh, talk with teams. And, it, you know, it's kind of a cool thing when a, an actual NFL scout or personnel will actually, you know, text you, hey, you know, what are your thoughts on this kid? You know, I mean, to me, that's a pretty, I mean, that that makes make make day, you know what I mean? Wow. So how do you go from the, the, I'm a fan, I'm into the draft, I mean, I think a lot of us out there that love football, we love that stuff too, but how do you take that step over from being a fan to now all of a sudden I'm writing an article or, you know, I'm on the radio and I think you're on the radio every week in like Memphis or something. Like, how does, where where did that come from? I guess that's the part I, I, uh, I kind of I kind of lost. How did that all happen? The fandom part? Getting into the professional part of the business, where your website and your your, your media credentials, like, okay. I, I can't just say I love the draft. I want to go oh. stand on the sidelines of Pittsburgh. How well, did I mean, that all happen? Well, you know, I start doing work, uh, working with a couple different websites, just, uh, you know, providing material, almost freelancing, blogging, if you will. Um, you know, and then it just kept, I guess, you know, hard work, I guess. You know, you just kept doing it and doing it and doing it. And, uh, you know, the people that I was working with at the, the NFL Draft Bible, um, you know, we you know we would have good prospects. I mean, you know, like you know, I mean, you know, I had Colin Kaepernick on the show. I had Jimmy Garoppolo on the show. I had Tim Tebow on the show. And then I could list a thousand guys that you're never going to know of that never made it to the National Football League either. But nonetheless, you know, I've probably talked into two thousand twenty five hundred prospects over the last ten years. Maybe you know. So I mean, I mean, you talk to so many guys on the show, but the the, the way that you know, it just kind of it kind of advanced from there, and you know, you start going to the Senior Bowl, and then you start going to the Combine, and you know, and then you start you know making relationships and connecting, and you know, and it's all based on work and, and being a professional, you know, especially I think in the National Bowl. I, I even think what you guys do here. I mean, I do think there's a little bit of a a military mentality in the game of football, you know, making a man a man, sure. making them do the right things. And I think think that, you know, I think college coaches want that as much as, the, you know, the NFL. I mean, granted, you know, they're men, they're going to do what they want, but I still think you want to kind of follow that path. But, uh, you know, it grew and the CFL came involved because I work with so many fringe NFL guys, guys that aren't necessarily going to make it to the National Football League, but there could be an opportunity to play in Canada. So that's uh, that's how I kind of, you know, really kind of, you know, found that out, because then I started talking with a lot of CFL people, you know, you know, because, you know, I mean, you know, the CFL budget is, you know, it's, I mean, it's peanuts, you know, a uh, quick story, when I was in Winnipeg for training camp, uh, you know, we, we, we had to, they had to have a talk with some of the players, because not all the players were flying to the first preseason game, so hmm. basically, if you weren't flying, it was kind of a, like, hey, coach, don't <laughs> worry, you're making the team, don't worry about it. we're just not... You know, we're saving money, not finding yeah. people that don't necessarily need to fly. And and we watched. We were at the GM's house, and and this is neat. This is the part of it. Uh, the it, it's just kind of old school a little bit. Is we went to a friend of a GM's and his his wife and hit this guy uh, cooked a fabulous meal, 
and we picked the preseason game up on the radio. And we listened to the first preseason season with the Bombers versus the Argonauts, you know, in the living room. Just so like, you're with the GM of the team, and he doesn't even have video access to the game. You guys are sitting around the radio yeah, and, right. and listening to it to, to see yeah. how, how the game's on. And I always tell everybody, could you imagine if that was the case for Kevin Colbert? Where he, you know, he had to go, you know, to a buddy's house and 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 pick it up. But you know, the CFL is, you know, it's again, it's it's compared to the NFL. It's, again, it's 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 like, uh, you know, it's like saying, uh, you know, Mount Union compared to Ohio State. Right. Know, I mean, great program in Mount Union, but when you're talking Ohio State, that's just next level. Which what the NFL is. Uh, really good stuff. Again, uh, uh, you're listening to a special edition here of the 2019 Niles McKinley Red Dragons Football Podcast. Powered by Brandon Miller State Farm Insurance, and you know, Bo. So I'm glad that you know able to to listen to some of that. That you're, you're, you know, that answers some questions for me. I guess most people know you as the guy who runs around town. Um, I, I'm sure you know the number today. How many days in a row have we been running? I mean, do you have the exact number each day? Or? I don't, but I knew I was close to eight thousand. So eight thousand will be on Black Friday. Okay, so if you guys heard, if you guys understand this, that's eight thousand days of bow running. How much at least? At least a minimum, three miles. A, a minimum of three miles each day. Uh, I'm not great at math, but that alone right there is simply twenty-four thousand miles. Is that right? Is that a? Is that a mm, I don't know. I'm well. I I should be on my third rotation in the baby steps of my third rotation around Earth. I'm in the should be about fifty-one. The miles that I've done, because I, I try to do eight to ten. Okay, so if if you and I combine ours together, <laughs> we should be real close to that, that third rotation. Let's put it that way. Um, I've all, I've told though many times. I said, let me know the day when when you decide for whatever reason you're not going to you run that day, about this. and I'm going to go out and I'm going to get my three miles in, and then I'll be ahead of you uh, for that day. He does always say that. I, that is one thing I, I do. He always teases me about that. If I post something on Facebook, he will put back. Uh, let me know the day you quit because I'm starting my own streak. <laughs> I mean, which is unbelievable. Like, I, I'm, you know, in what's the record? Like, what's the most any anybody's ever done? I mean, you you, you got to be up in. The, I mean, obviously in the top one percent, but well, you know, somebody told me years ago. They there's a runner, it's, uh, streak runners. It's you know, it's like an official website for what it's worth. I mean, really nobody could say you know what you did or didn't do, but. Uh, I'm a superstitious guy, so for the longest time I was like, I don't want to, I don't want to look, I don't want to do it, you know. But then, and that was years and years. So I'm like, finally this past year, I'm like, you know what? I I do kind of want to find out. So I, you know, I sent my stuff in, and and uh, I'm I'm 96. In the at, top 100 of, of all people that have been documented, you're in the top 100. And I'm 96 overall. Um, Is there anybody locally we can take out, move you up the list? Not that I no, know. Okay. Of. Yeah. But I'd be willing to do that for you, Bob. Yeah, I mean, you've been good to the program. Yeah. But so. I think the main, the I mean, uh, the top people are just just insane. I don't even know if I want to run that long. Uh, you know, I I saw a guy, he had fourteen hundred some days. He was fifty eight years old. So I kind of fourteen thousand. You mean fourteen thousand days? So yeah, don't almost do, almost doubled you up. Yeah, yeah. So um, that's a lot. Let me ask you, I'm going to start with the end and then work back here a little bit. But, you know, 
I know to, to probably to, I'm going to assume to get to that you don't think about the end because that's how that's how you got there. But you know, if it has to end for you, is it something where you you think it's physically you're not going to be able to do it just one day, or you just you know you just think you're going to like Forrest Gump and just wake up and say that's it, I'm, I'm done, I don't want to run today, <laughs> go rest. I mean, uh, or is your mentality you just stay in the that tomorrow yeah. the, today's the day I'm going to run? And if it ends, at least my mindset now because I mean. Even Sunday, like Saturday, like Sunday, I went out to the park. I mean, I had a fabulous run. I got home. You know, I, I like I I, lo- I just love doing it. Like I, you know, it's like it was the best run I ever had. I was like, you know, I just, you know, I, I had a head cold. I felt like crap. You know, I get out to the park and you know, I get you know four or five miles into it, and then you know, start to find a groove. And, but if it ends, it'll probably be like I don't I mean I don't want to say that, but it's probably gonna be like something you know something takes you out. Something right takes me out. It's not gonna. So and and that's my my thing from a coach and, and just trying to trying to learn with somebody with your mentality. I mean, obviously there's been days where you've had to be. I mean, I I, I get the flu. I don't go. I don't take three steps, let alone three you know three miles. But you know what's what's your what's your mentality there? You're sick. You're down with the flu. Or you know I I know I read an article that was in a national magazine where you talked about spraining your ankle on a fall. Like what's your mentality? How do you how are you able to put that aside? Because I think every athlete, all the great ones, are able to do that. Jordan in a flu game, or you know, uh, Ronnie Lotz has cut my finger off. I'm going to go play. Guys playing through injury. Like, what's what's in your mind the mindset of? I don't care that I'm this sick. I'm going to go run three miles. Like, how's that work? I look at it. Well, I mean, the easiest way to look at it is there's 24 hours in a day, and just say bare minimum. I mean, if it took me 30 minutes, there's 30 minutes that I can get outside and get my miles in. And then I have 23 and a half hours to rest. And then, you know, and I like fighting it. I do. I'm, you know, I mean, I'm idiotic with it, Jim. I mean, you know, <laughs> obviously, you know what I mean? I mean, you know, you know, I'll try to sweat it out. I'll put a sweat vest on and three sweatshirts. And instead of running three miles, I'll try to go 10 as hard as I can because I just, you know, I want to fight the body, you know, and try to get it out of my system. But, you know, some days it, it gets me, and not every day is your best day. I mean, it's just human nature, you know what I mean? But, uh, yeah, I mean, like I said, you know, I, you know, people say, you know, oh, you should, you know, you should coach cross, you should coach cross country, you know. I said, Parents would hate me. Kids would hate me. <laughs> Listen, it, that bone better be coming out of your leg or you're running. There's no, <laughs> my knee hurts. No, it don't. You know, that's, that is a real thing. I mean, us, us football coaches are the same way. Like, right? we, we, it's not that we don't want to be sympathetic, but yeah. we want these guys to understand this is a, this is a sport of brutality. You got to fight through it. And you know, at the end of the day, these are teenagers, and, and we do. You know, yeah. we, we really walk that that fine line. I, We're lucky because we have a trainer that kind of guides us through that. But I, I know from that aspect what you're talking about. Yeah, I would be. I'd be a hellion on that. I mean, if we were to take like. Uh, x-ray of your body or MRIs and that like how is your body like my body I mean three miles I'm down I, it take me a week to recover like is everything just we talk about football about callousing up your body you got to callous up you got to get you got to get used to hitting then it's not a big deal I mean you you think your joints are just like do, do you ache all the time or you just feel good like you, 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 you I, I, don't, I can't even fathom it because it's so far as away from who I am anybody that's ever seen me on the sidelines knows what I'm talking about no, I feel good. I feel good. I feel knock on wood. I feel good. Uh, when I wake up in the morning, I mean, I'm almost 50. So when I wake up in the morning, I'm like anybody else. You know what I mean? I mean, I, you know, uh, you know, and aching and kind of letting the body work itself out. I mean, I'm not out of the bed doing jumping jacks and sprints. And I'm not a health freak. 
Um, you're more than invited after this. I'm going up the high point <laughs> to eat wings. Um, you know, it just, you know, running could have been pool, could have been golf, could have been, I don't know, uh, you know, anything. I mean, a crazy note, it could have been something hazardous to you. Could have been, been, yeah. Drinking, could, could have, have been, been drinking, yeah. Imagine me. Like I mean, I would have made Kurt Cobain look like a saint. <laughs> so, I mean, luckily, luckily, it's not that and it's running. But, yeah, I just, I, you know, I just, I just like running. And, then, you know, and, and it's and one thing I could say, anyone who wants to do it, don't, so many people force themselves to run. You know what I mean? Like, don't. Like, you know, find something. There's so many other exercises and activities you have to right. do. You know what I mean? Find something you like. I mean, why, why would you... I mean, if you hated golf, would you go golf? That's a great point. I mean, with me with running, like, I have to get my cardio on. Uh, the kids laugh at me here at football, but I get on the treadmill, and I, I play Madden on the treadmill. Like, one day I will kill myself doing it, or I, I well, actually... You told me... You I play golf, and I have a little routine of things I do. If you make do. a good shot, you have to speed it up. Yeah, right? well, if I if I don't birdie, I can't take a swig of water. I got my own little... But that's my mindset yeah. for me to get through something I don't like to do. These endurance races you've done, that's another thing just as, a, as an athlete. So what, what's the longest one you ever took? 100 miles? Did you yeah. go for 100 miles? Yeah. Well, I think the one was 101, but they're 100 miles. That, that four times. Um, failed 100 twice. Out of six 100s, I finished four. Um, ran 65 of one and 50 of the other. And then the, uh, what, Is that just your body just that day says was that, like this isn't? The 65, I was, well, yeah, I was, I, you know, I was just, I knew I was I was on the bubble of, there's cutoff times. And, I, I mean, I, you know, I guess that's the sad part. I guess once you do it, you're in a little bit of a way. You're like, hmm, you know. Yeah. And I, 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 I don't, I'm, people be like, he's such a, uh, that particular race, there was a girl. And we were maybe like three miles into the race, and we're, we're in PA, we're in Oil City, we're going up the, the mountain or whatever it was, and. This girl slipped and she busted her teeth out, and I mean I felt bad. Obviously I felt bad for her, but then I thought, well, it's better it happens now at mile three than ninety-seven, yeah. right? I mean that was my mindset. So when I got to sixty-five, I wasn't thinking about that girl in particular, but uh, you know, it's just like I, the last thing I want to be is it. And the last seven miles, I guess, is just a pure hell. So if you're not in enough hell and pain already, the last seven miles is even more hillier and worse. So. I just thought, you know what, I don't think I'm going to make the time cutoff by that time, so why do I want to go to 80? Yeah. So the 50-miler one, though, I was just beat up. I was like the... I'd so play. you're saying, so you're kind of answering the question that you've asked me. Would you rather lose in heartbreaking fashion or get blown out? Like you're saying, mm. maybe get blown out because... Like you, yeah, were, you didn't I want really to go down to that. Yeah, I really get blown out, really. <laughs> you know, right. Yeah, because there's no heart... You know what, I mean, everybody gets their butt kicked sometimes, you know, and that, that kicked my butt, and... Uh, you know, and the, you know, I, so your mentality in those races, though, is that is that like you're running, where like you just focus on the now, and you get through? Do you have to have a, you have to have a game plan? I mean, do you do you get? Is there pace? I don't know anything about it. I just know that I will I will never probably if you added up all my running in my life, it wouldn't be 100 miles, let alone at one time. But like, what's the mentality going into that? It's it's going to be a long day. We'll see how I feel, you know, in segments or. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you know what? I, my best way to describe it is. The Indy 500, you know, it's all about endurance and the distance. I mean, every car out there has the speed. We know that. Yeah, yeah. Some cars may be faster, some are slower, but technically you're there because you can go 500 miles. But as we know, 
500 is a lot of miles. Tires blow, engines blow. You need blow. some luck. Yeah, you, you need, need luck. to have a good day. You no, know, everything yeah. has to go right to get that car across okay. the finish line. No matter. Well, that can relate to that. So that that's probably my best way for everyone to kind of understand. That. At least that's my mentality of it. That it's just the far way. And even if you're prepared and you, you you've done everything correctly and you know you show up, I mean, you know it's a long day. Uh, this pat in, in October, um, I went to Indiana. And I did a 50 mile over there. I I told I told uh, John Stevens, I told Tony Perone, I told Sam Patillo, and then I told my son Vincent. I think outside of that group, nobody else knew that I was going. I told Wendy I was going to cover the Notre Dame USC game because it was in uh, Notre Dame, so I was going to be in Indiana. So that was actually a perfect weekend to say I'm going to scout a game and. Uh, get that done but uh that was the thought process there is that the box i'm getting in my mentality like it's like when rocky had to go back to his roots and yeah, like, i mean everyone thinks i suck at doing it honestly <laughs> so, you know everyone's just like i don't know i mean i run the next day but you know after a hundred miler like they're like you look like you know crap and you you know everyone does we just ran 100 miles or 50 miles i mean you know i mean you know i mean very i mean the winners look fine but you know but so I didn't want to deal with any, just, you know what I mean? Like, I'm not going to talk. I'm not going to hype it up. I'm just I'm just going to go do it. And Friday I left, and uh, and uh, it was kind of like a thief in the night. Came back. I just, just, I mean, really uh, amazing, amazing stuff. Like, I can't tell you how many of us are out there on the outside looking in, just saying, I have, I can't even uh, fathom that. But really, it, it really, you know, with our kids, you know, like I said, they listen to it. I mean, I think you would agree with this, like, there's nothing special about you. It's just a mindset that you had to do something that that only at this point until we take a couple out, 94 other people have done more than you in all, in all the world. And then, I just want to say that that's just really impressive. And like I said, I wanted to use this today to get into your mind a little bit and, uh, you know, to see what what makes you tick. Because we, we need that to rub off on uh, on some of our kids. Now, I told you Romero, like, he might be on your heels because as much running he had to do with gas or so I, I I think he might be the heir apparent to your, to your throne there. But uh, uh, that's all I have today for us, Bo. I know... Uh, I'm ready to hand this back okay. to you. This job's a little bit harder, you know, than, you than I give you credit I think for. You, you should so. just start doing the shows yourself <laughs> down here, huh? Uh, no, nobody needs that. But uh, again, I just wanted, to, you know, for our audience out here, to, who is this guy, and you know, where did he come from, and what's his background, and hopefully, people have a little bit better picture. Uh, I'll tell you this: don't bother beeping at Bo when he's running, because he. he, he You'll get mad because you think he's ignoring you, but he's just in the zone. There's been many times I beat him. He gives me a, a courtesy. I'm like, he didn't even know who that was. But uh, uh, that that's obviously what helps you get through your day-to-day on that. But I'm going to turn the show back over to you. Uh, and I know there was something that you wanted to cover here quickly so we can spotlight our kids a little bit. And uh, I'll go back to my my seat over here, and uh, you can take the wheel. Awesome. Well, well Coach, now, honestly, thanks uh, for uh, – I guess sharing me, I guess, with the program. Um, Bob, now, today you put on Facebook that some accolades were handed down to some of the uh, Niles McKinley Red Dragons players. Uh, why don't we talk a little bit about uh, who and what and uh, what they got? Yeah, so t- today was uh, uh, the all-Northeast Ohio uh, in the district, which that's a district uh, that we're in there. So that's uh, all the athletes um, in Division Three, which is which is what we are in Trumbull, Mahoning, Columbiana, Portage, Stark, 
Summit, Medina, Wayne, and Ashland County. So that that's a big group of uh, even a lot a lot of teams, and uh, they came out with their all Northeast Ohio team today, and uh, we obviously had some some kids that were were uh, uh, honored there. So I wanted to uh, you know happy to share that with our audience. Uh, first, we had an honorable mention. So they do a first and a second team, and then some some kids that had gotten votes, but. Uh, didn't quite make it, but we're on the, on the rim there. End up in that honorable mention, and our big tackle Adam McGinnis uh, was honorable mention. So, you know, you think about it. There's only five linemen, you know, playing at once. Uh, it's a selective group to, to try to narrow that down with all those teams from those counties that we talked about. Uh, so, you know, congratulations to uh, Adam there. Then we did have one player on the second team as well, and that was our quarterback. Uh, Zach Leonard. Uh, again, I should have said Adam. If people don't remember, he's a senior. Zach is a junior. So, uh, you know, I think, you know, from, from Zach's end of it, you know, he has a little bit of motivation to try to make it first team. But second team, you know, as a junior, again, with some of the, you know, we face some of these quarterbacks, just some talented kids out there. Uh, for Zach to make it on the second team, I'm really proud of him. And then uh, we actually had two guys on the first team. And, uh, uh, Chase and Zena made it as a place kicker, and uh, that's, uh, you know, he may have, all these, I should mention, all these guys will have a chance to be All-State. So okay. any, of the team, any of the guys that are first team will be considered for first team All-State. So, and, and again, there's, there's so much talent in the state of Ohio, it's hard to say where any of these guys will fall, but Chase made it as a place kicker, and then... And he's uh, a junior. He's also a junior, and David Mays, uh, senior, made it as a, made it as a linebacker. And I thought, you know, all of those guys obviously uh, earned that. Uh, the thing here, I'll tell to any of our players listening or any of the parents, is this isn't a, anywhere near an exact science. <laughs> to give you an idea, this is newspaper re- reporters voting on this. So we have the person from the Tribune pushing our players. I've given them all our stats on all our guys. But all the people voting on this have likely never seen any of our kids play. So, you know, any kid that feels like he should have been on there or should have made it, like, we, you really can't be upset about it. I mean, it is a nice honor for our kids. I'd love to have more, but, uh, you know, nobody should be losing sleep over this and saying, you know, basically what I do is I compile all the statistics of our guys and say, here you go. And they take that and say, oh, okay, I think I can push this guy forward and whatever. So, um you know, there's that. Now, what hasn't been announced yet, um, we did have the voting for our all-conference. Now, this one is where the coaches vote. So they have seen the players, but even the same. Like, I remember some of the kids, but I'm voting on I can't kids remember that, every single Yeah, unless game. you're really watching, you know, on film or something big happened in a game. Oh, that's the kid that, you know, made that catch against us or whatever. Even that, on my end, when I'm voting, you know, is vague. And then, of course, we also have the all-county team which will be announced. That that usually gets announced a little bit later. Uh, but I know we'll be more represented in those, in those as well. I think we'll have a really nice representation on the all-county team because we had one of the better records in the county. I think Brookfield may have won more games than us, and then I think we might have been second in the county with seven wins. So that usually will correspond to how many wins you had, how many kids you got. So we know more kids are coming, but since it happened today, you know, yeah, you wanted we're... to talk about that. So that that's where we are as we speak. Yeah, well, we didn't want to jip everybody and just listen to me talk about running. You know, <laughs> so I just I didn't want to I didn't want to disappoint the the, the, the football loyalists of the McKinley Red Dragons. Um, 
you know, we had the seniors on, and then we spoke a little bit. Um, but I, you know what? When we were kind of getting together for the show, I started to think we really didn't reflect back on the year much. I think we talked about the seniors as we should. But I mean, uh, seven and three. Uh, I mean, your favorite game? What was your favorite game that you got to experience with these guys this year? Well, I was interested to hear the kids, the kids, you know, their take on that too. And uh, I think we all. Um, well, let's just say here's here's the final lesson, and I'll reveal my winner. We obviously had the Alliance game where we come back from 14 down. We win in the last seconds of the game. You had the South Range game. Take it a step further. We go into overtime, and, uh, you know, the mix, missed extra point. We end up winning that game. And then I think you had the Girard game, and that was just one of those games where, you know, it was points scored galore and, and a lot of drama all over the place. So those were the three that really stand out to me. Um, I'll tell you just, and I can't even say why, uh, but I would say the Alliance game. Uh, you know, you had that feel going on the road. You're at Mount Union. Yeah, it was a uh, There's an old history of Niles and Alliance, and they were really good. And, you know, our speaker, uh, Mr. Feudy, um, was here talking about how Alliance maybe prevented them from a state championship the year, and he was hoping wow. we'd go down there and get revenge for those guys. <laughs> and then, you know, it, the, just the way that the game game unfolded, because it looked at it for a moment, that we were, they were really going to take it to us, and then we just kept fighting and fighting. And the other thing that made me kind of good as a coach is I told the kids, here's what's going to happen, but if we get it into this late part of the game, here's why we're going to win. And it you know, you say that and you hope that, but it very rarely does it follow your blueprint. And that game kind of did. And we walked in at halftime and had a really good feeling because I said, see, see, guys, this is what it is. Uh, Chase had hit that 47-yard field goal right before half, and which really gave us enough of the spark to get that fire going there. And uh, I said, look, they're tired out. Just like we said, they just got to keep going. And, and, and then it happened. And then, you know, the bus ride home and... We got the police escort back into town. I mean, there, there was just a, a lot of great stuff there, and really pushed us forward into, into you know having not, not a great season, but a good season. So I think that one will stick in my memory as probably the most memorable. Yeah, that was a, that. I'm glad. I mean, I wasn't able to make every game, but uh, that that was one I was able to watch. And uh, like you said, being in a, a Mount Union, a nice stadium like that, and the and the kids prevailed the way they did. You know, like you said. The, the interception to seal it at the end, uh, that was just uh, almost like a storyline uh, script from a Hollywood movie. Um, which game, I guess, which game makes you the most upset? A lot of the kids told me Hubbard. That well, was the game I think Hubbard's the one you look back and you say, boy, we really didn't play. I thought we played hard. We didn't execute at the times we needed to. Um, so, you know, there was that. I think that the game that really took a lot of wind out of our sails was the Poland game. Because there we were, we know, we all know that the history of Niles and Poland hasn't been great, and we just felt like we had an opportunity to really step through the door and make some things happen. Nobody saw this run from Poland coming. They had lost the Hound, who we had beat. They had lost the Boardman. Their quarterback was out, you know. And then all of a sudden, it, it just kind of, you know, they took it to us. So, so that one was just, just really, you know, frustrating, you know, on that end of it. But I'll tell you all. I mean, I can get. If you start talking about the Struthers game long enough, I'm going to get really <laughs> mad about that. So, you know, I do, I, I do those three in there. Uh, I told you after Poland, I still feel the same way. I'd like to play all three of those games again. I'm not saying we'd win them or whatever, but I, I would, I would like to let them get our best shot and, and but that's not you know that's not how it goes with sports 
You know, one of the things that I looked at our season just because I was doing the stats for the kids trying to get their information for the uh, All-Star games, our yardage given up was almost identical. I'm talking within like 100 yards of how many yards we gained. So when you come out of that and you say, well, we ended up seven and three, you know, it could have been the other way. I mean, yeah, you know, I mean, you really look at it, and we could have been five and five or three and seven or something like that. So, you know, from that standpoint, you know, I, I, that's credit to our kids because obviously in the moments, I mean, yardage tells you a little bit, but in the moments where we had to be good, you know, we won all our close games. We won them all. We 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 weren't in the three losses. We weren't competitive. I mean, we were competitive, but they got away from us other than the Hubbard game where we, you know, just didn't capitalize. So, you know, when you can win the close games, I mean, I think that helps the program because I think our kids are starting to get that mentality of, of you know, when it gets down there, we're going to win instead of we're going to lose, <laughs> which there's a there's a big, big difference if we can get them believing. And uh, that's a, a credit to our seniors. And, and I'll even go back further. That's a credit to last year's seniors who finished that year out with three straight wins because that, that helped propel us into, into yeah. this year. Because at one point in time, we were on a seven-game winning streak there. Yeah, that's awesome. How about this one? Your favorite play call of the year, and talk about why you called it and what the result was. It may not even be a touchdown. It could have been just something new, but uh, why don't we go there? No, that's a good question. Um, well, the one that worked like a charm, we had <laughs> uh, we had drawn something up, and we had run this years ago when we were at La Bray, and we had hit Gerard with it. So this was that had to be 2012. We had hit Gerard was really really good that year, and that was uh, a place. So I had had that in the memory bank, and, and basically what we did is we 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 line up in an unbalanced formation, and our tight end is at a tackle, and then our tackle, who's normally lined up there, is on the other side, lined up like he's a receiver. So when you come out of the huddle, and if you were to watch the the play, we ran out of the huddle really fast. And they line up and they think, and they don't have, you know, you're, you're dealing with kids here, not not necessarily a coach. And the reason you do that is because you don't want their coaches to see it and call a timeout. So it looked like we had all our receivers over here and then two on the other side, but it was actually reversed. Dave Mason right down the middle of the field. This, again, was against uh, Gerard. And uh, he caught it for about a 60-yard touchdown. Yeah, that play. Yeah, he barely, well, yeah, yeah. barely got the, the back end of the ball, which he did that. In the first game against Howland, it was almost an identical catch. We were like, oh, my gosh, Zach might have overthrown. And, and then there. But that was good because, again, you, you planned it, you drew it up. And like I said, as, as a coach, they're all supposed to go for a touchdown. But you put it in, you work on it, and it actually works. You, you know, it, it feels good. So I, I, that's the one that off the top of my head, uh, you know, feels really good about play call and design. How about the call that was your worst call? And when you did it, you just said, why the hell did I do that, Jim? Those those are in a big pile. <laughs> uh, you know, I guess it's going to be a little hard to figure out what I would say there because we didn't lose any of the close games. You know, if I'd have went for two, um, you know, that would have been one thing. But I don't know if we said this on the podcast, but the one that I made was a bad call, but I got bailed out by our players was I called for a fake field goal against Gerard. Oh yeah, we did talk about. It. Let's let's yeah. share this with everybody. Yeah. So this is the Gerard game. This is the Gerard game. We have a we have a fake field goal. We practice. This it. is the fourth quarter. This is yeah. well. This let's let's. It's, well, it's like, no, I think that it was in the first half, but uh, we were 
It was well when when Chip hit the hit the field goal. I think it's a 42 yard field goal. Okay. And we had just thrown the ball for about six or seven yards to actually even get us in the legitimate field goal range. But I thought here's a good chance. We practiced this darn thing all year. I want to use this big field goal. You know, I think this is an opportunity to do it. So when we do it, we don't tell anybody other than the kicker and the holder, and I tell the officials. Because without giving away what it is we do, there's something that the officials need to know when we're going to run that so they don't think we did something illegal. I tell, I tell the officials, I go, hey, this is what I told you about before the game. You know, people always, what do you talk to the officials about before the game? It's one of the things you let them know. Like, we do this, and we want to make sure that it's legal. So I said, we're running that fake field goal. He goes, okay, okay. So we get up, and I look, and, and I'm like, Look like he's gonna run the fake. Like I mean, I, I told him fake, but only he and the field goal kicker now. None, nobody else on the team's knows. Well, lo and behold, we snapped the ball, kick goes up. I'm like, oh, you gotta be kidding me. Well, he chip nails a 42 yarder, which was positive. So I come over to him and I'm like, Zach, I called the fake because I know, but it wasn't there. I'm like, what do you mean it wasn't there? You know, I'm like, my ego's in my way, and he's in. Coach, there was a guy standing over there. We'd have run it. They'd have stopped it. I'm like, there's nobody over there. Well, we have, we have, which is legal in, in high school football, but not in the pros. We have video right on the sideline. So I pull the iPad up, and I'm like, I'll show you. There's nobody over there. And I look on it, and sure enough, there's a guy standing where we were trying to go with the ball. <laughs> Zach realized it. I guess what I still don't understand is how we let Chase know, like, no, nah, we're just going to kick it. But those two got on the same page. And really, that field goal made a difference to that whole game because we kept going up from up 10 to up 3, up 10. So when we kept going up 10, they realized they weren't going to stop us. They kept trying to onside kick yep. to try to turn that around so that they could get the lead. But the irony of that is they kept giving us great field position, so we kept scoring. So, um, you know, that would have been a bad call. I was bailed out by our players. And, uh, you know, like I said, in there, there's a lot in there. A lot of times, you know, you really kick yourself after it. Uh, I think a couple times against East, I thought we took some shots because we had a turnover. And we, maybe in that game we'd have been better off just trying to move the ball. Uh, but there's so many times where you, you wish you could have that play back. And, uh, uh, but, you know. Luckily, I don't think any of those really cost us our games as much as, as uh, you know, maybe some of our calls we got lucky on and won us some games because we did win all those close ones. Nice. Awesome. Once again, you're listening to the 2019 Niles McKinley Football Podcast, um, powered by Brandon Miller, State Farm Insurance. How about this one, Coach? Um, the gentleman that sit, we're in the coach's office now, the gentleman that we you sit with and help you build this program, we never, ever talk about them. Um, why don't you talk a little bit about uh, some of the coaches and uh, what they bring to the table and how you lean on them and how they lean on you? Well, I'll start with the two that everybody talks about a lot. They get the media coverage, and that's Coach Kemp and Coach Bourne. But the only thing I'm going to say about Halloween them. <laughs> Coach Perry dressed up as Coach Kemp for Halloween. In, in, 1985, in, Coach it, Kemp. It is phenomenal. All right, go ahead. <laughs> but, you know, I, and that's all I'm going to say about them. I think their resumes speak for themselves. But. And, and not to slight that because they're very – I can't tell you how thankful I have to have them, guys with that amount of experience on there. But having said that with, with what they do, the other group of guys that we have in here, if those other two – if Coach Morongo gets a head coaching job and he brings Coach Kemp with him, we still have just an amazing staff. And, you know, one of the things that kind of gets overlooked a little bit is I, I think that 
people assume that because Coach Kemp is here, like he's calling the defense. But Coach Aldrich is their defensive coordinator. He, he had been my defensive coordinator for years at Matthews, uh, has has done it here for me again, obviously. And he just does such a tremendous job. And, and the big thing that I think for him is uh, the respect that he garnishes, that uh, the kids, you know, really show him. Uh, he treats the kids great. They play hard for him. Uh, he works his tail off. You know, everybody thinks nowadays, you know, this isn't 1989, Bo. Uh, you know, defending some of these offenses with this RPO and the spread and uh, go, just go turn on a college football game one day and just just watch guys running wide open down the field. And it, you know, it, it, it's a tough job. You know, I always say his job, as far as a play caller, is a lot tougher than my job as a play caller because, uh, you know, I know what I'm doing and, and, you know, I really have a lot more control. Uh, so, you know, Again, you you look at, you know, if you go back to even just from last year to this year, the, the points per game has, has come down considerably. I think we gave up in the neighborhood of 22 points per game, which, again, maybe sounds like a lot, but like I said, you turn on college football, people are scoring 40, 50 points a game. And now, so, you know, and last year we were in the high 20s, so that, that number's come down. He's done just a tremendous job. And then, you know, Kyle Leonard, you know, it's always a stepchild of special teams, uh, you know, Scratching and clawing, trying to trying to get some of that stuff squared away, and 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 now that's a really tough job because uh, you got guys coming in and out of those lineups all the time. In the middle of the game, you got a guy go down to injury and something else, or he just needs a break. You know, we have a lot of kids that play, you know, two three ways, and, and guys runs for a fifty yard touchdown. He's, he needs a, he needs some air, so you're trying to get another kid on there and uh, these guys just work tirelessly. Like I said, I can look at hours that people spend on. On our huddle, watching film, and you know the amount of time that our that our coaches, uh, uh, Coach Barrett came over from Boardman as a, he was a coordinator over there, came over as a position coach. Uh, coach Marsico had been at, at Youngstown State University. I mean, I, I could go, you know, down to our freshman coaches and Coach Bo and, and the work he does, you know, on and on. Our junior high was five and three. I mean, it, there's, you know, we have. Uh, uh, eight assistant coaches up here at the varsity level, three volunteers at the varsity level, four people down, uh, you know, junior high. And it's all these guys. And, uh, you know, there's a quote out there that says, it's amazing what can happen if you don't care who gets the credit. And, uh, uh, you know, I, I guess the guy that epitomizes that is Coach Connell, who works with our offensive linemen and uh, the work those guys do in the trenches. But, you know, these guys are so selfless and, you know, they spend long hours away from their family and that. It's, I'm, I'm just in awe of the job that they do. Uh, you know, sure, we take our criticism out there. All coaching staffs do. But, you know, in this coach's office, they, I mean, uh, the, truly these guys are really like family. I mean, we, we are such a tight-knit group. Uh, that, you know, uh, it's part of the reason really why I coach Bo because, you know, one thing when you get older and you don't, you don't get that team aspect of it. I mean, you get a little bit at work and, I mean, obviously nothing's like family, but, uh, you know, this this is my team here, this this coach's office that we're sitting in. And, uh, and then, to be honest with you, coming back in here, it, it's kind of like you're hearing crickets in the background because it's, it's always so, it's it's always so lively. I know. And, it's, it's, so, it's sad walking in. It, like when we walked in the locker room, Usually the music's going, the kids are in there, and you know guys are in the workout, in the weight room, and yeah, the coaches are getting done in here, and it is, it's just uh, crickets all around. Uh, and, I, and I've said it publicly, I, I, I believe it, and if people don't believe it, they're, they're entitled to their own opinion. I think we got the best coaching staff in the area, plain and simple. And I say that full 
take myself out of it and just look at the group that's in here. It's not all a bunch of old guys, not a bunch of new young guys. We have a mixture of everything, and any one of these guys could go over tomorrow and take over their own program and have success. I, I honestly believe that. And uh, you know, to get a, to get the talent that we have in this room together, you know, we can't recruit football players here at Niles, but I can recruit coaches. So if there's one thing I'll take credit for a little bit is bringing in the amount of talent that I brought into this room. I'm really proud of that. And uh, uh, they're great for our kids. I think our kids acknowledge that and respect these guys. And uh, I appreciate you bringing them up because they certainly don't get the credit they deserve. Awesome stuff. Well, Coach, awesome time. And real quick, uh, you know, talking about Coach Kemp, I remember after the Gerard game, obviously it was the last game of the year, the seniors, everybody was out on the field. Um, Coach Kemp was walking back to the tunnel. I don't know who it was from the Gerard side, but it was one of the Gerard coaches. You may, I don't know who it was, but a young kid. But he ran up just to hug Coach Kemp and watching those two embrace. And I was up on the stands just watching it. But it was just it's just that circle of life of coaching and, you know, those guys that had that impact on you, that, you know, and especially Coach Kemp. I mean, his history is, you know, so legendary. But uh, Well, let me give you a quick story on him. And uh, uh, just the kind of guy he is. Obviously, I played for him, and then we coached a short time together at Matthews, and then he went on all that great success that he and his son had at Ursuline, and you know. But um, you know, my father passed away. I I volunteered, for lack of a better term, to give the eulogy, and as you can imagine, that, that's a that's a you know, it's a stressful thing to get up there and do it, and you know, I'm I'm want to make sure I you and know do and do my dad proud. Yeah, at the time I. Uh, well, that was in 2000. I don't even want to do the math on something like that, but uh, that was back in 2006, I think, when that happened. And, uh, you know, I get up there, I get up to the podium, and I look, and I stand, and the first person I look at, I even know he's there, was Coach Kemp, and there he was, unannounced. He's sitting at my dad's funeral, you know, and we hadn't been coaching together for, at that time, a few years. Okay. And, uh, uh, you know, and I know our other coaches like that, but th that always just sticks it into my head. Obviously, you know, Coach Archer, I've been, we, he and I, have been through so much together. There was other coaches there, but it was just so unique because Coach Kemp and I, although we've we remained close all those years, at that point in time, we didn't talk every day. Uh, but there he was, sitting at my dad's funeral, and you know, just being there, being supportive. And so I don't know who it was that went over to hug him, but I guarantee you, there's <laughs> there's a couple hundred young men. In this area, at Urson, at Gerard, coach a coach over at Gerard, he had been at Latonia. That all feel that way about him because that's that's the kind of man that he is. Yeah. You know what I mean? And and to be fair, I could I could tell you stories about Coach Bourne and all of these coaches. You know, that's what kind of guys that are in this coaches. You know, I'm sure you have the same experiences so. yourself being a coach. And plus, Coach Cap, I believe I, I'm pretty sure of this. As as well as I, he likes living the high life too, right? <laughs> that is an understatement. So if we're looking for a new endorsement last next year, that might be where we want to make Camilla high life. So, excellent stuff. Well, hey, Coach, again, uh, just a big shout-out to the program. Everybody, again, you know what I'm saying. Everyone puts their hand in the pile. Um, anything, so sometimes we'll hang up. Um, anything to promote, alumni, uh, something, I mean, anything coming up where people have to get ready, any dates? Well, we have the banquet coming up, uh, which is the Sunday after Thanksgiving. There's a little hiccup there. Nobody thought of it at the time, but that's going to be the Brown Steelers, and uh, but actually <laughs> they, they moved it to one o'clock, yeah. so at least probably be able to catch the first half of that. Uh, but a shout out to the Mothers Club that that's that's their that's all they're doing, and, and the banquet they put on is ridiculously great. I mean, you know, the gifts they get to the seniors and the, and the food and you know 
Oh, the whole nine yards. It, it, it's a tremendous event. So just wanted to. I'm glad you mentioned that. Uh, big a shout out to them uh, for that. And then you know, here's how it works. Immediately we'll start back at it again. There'll be night at the races. There'll be a golf outing. A sausage fry. You know. So these guys, these people, simply do not stop working on behalf of our football program. Uh, the only thing I'd ask, you know, one of the things you brought up, what could parents do to help the kids or whatever? We need to get some more parents involved. I think both the Mothers Club and the Frontliners will tell you that. You know, particularly the Frontliners, you say the Frontliners, you think that there's this army, it's a small army of dedicated gentlemen, many of whom don't even have players in the program. Yeah. And, uh, you know, for instance, we had the playoff game here. Both the moms are down here running the concession stand. You know, it's nice that we get that. Big shout out to Mr. Fritz making that happen because you put put some money into these things. You had the, the the frontliners out there and some of our players parking cars, so we're able to infuse a little bit of extra money into the program that way. But it's a small army of people, and uh, you know if there's moms and dads out there saying, "Boy, I'd really like to help," come to a frontliner meeting, go to a mothers club meeting. You know if we can just divide that little piece of what everybody has to do up a little bit more, everybody benefits. You know from that. So. We hope to be making an announcement here pretty soon, Bo, that maybe we're going to have something going for for the, for the little kids, uh, some opportunity for them to come play some free football in the winter and uh, just have some fun with it. Right, cool. um, but we're still working out the details there and uh, really getting our heads together now about what kind of things we can do to promote our program, to get more people in town, but especially in the school, you know, get, get our numbers up. Our numbers have been good. We had over 70 kids, seven, I'm sorry, nine to 12. But, you know, we, we really want we really want to make our program uh, a beacon to the kids in the school and say, I want to be a part of that. And, uh, uh, you know, we have some ideas of some things we want to do to, to, to get that rolling as well. So it, it really does never, it never ends. I mean, we're taking just a short time off here as coaches just to catch our breath, but we're going to be back at this sooner rather than later. Yeah, it is. Again, everyone does a fabulous job as well as you. Uh, thanks for... Um, you this yeah you texted me the other day and said hey we want to do it so I knew you were serious when you yeah no I wasn't letting you off the hook so. you weren't well, now coach. everybody knows who who Bo is and again Bo thank you thank you for yeah. everything you've done this is this is a great part you know great. And I like I said I can't wait to, I can't wait till next year I mean how fast did this year go right I mean it seems like a week ago we were doing the first shot I mean really and, and we'll be sitting here back here next, next year, year you believe uh, it's uh, right around I mean the it's crazy so. well hey man everybody now McKinley Red Dragons football podcast big shout out to everybody big out to, uh, big shout to Coach Perry obviously uh, Brandon Miller State Farm Insurance we want to also include Permani Brothers for those $5 uh, or $10 gift certificates to hand it out to the players of the game um, and I think that gives the kids a little boost too but a big shout out and uh, it's that time of year so uh, you know uh, happy holidays Merry Christmas everybody and uh, have a safe and uh, Happy New Year. Thanks, Bob. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. 
Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.